0: Okay, everyone, uh, here's another episode of the Ten X Healthcare Podcast. I'm joined here, and we're live at ATA. I'm uh, excited. I'm joined here with Dr. Levine from the MAVEN Project, Lisa Levine. Great to be here. Is this your first ATA?
1: It is not It like is not your first no, ATA. No, it's my second.
0: Your second ATA. Yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your uh, work with the MAVEN Project and how it got started.
1: Sure. The MAVEN Project, uh, MAVEN stands for Medical Alumni Volunteer Expert Network, okay. but we are a nonprofit, 501 501c3 healthcare startup. Okay. that leverages telehealth technology okay. to connect physicians that volunteer their time and expertise of all different clinical specialties with clinics that serve the uninsured in the Medicaid population.
0: So important.
1: Absolutely. Right. To and really close the gaps on access to mm-hmm. care and also provide the needed support for the frontline primary care providers that are caring for these at-risk populations.
0: So, popular. Well, how, so when did this get started? Like, what was the... What was the light bulb moment So
1: the light bulb went off uh in around 2012 around 2012 with dr Lori green who's a practicing ob-gyn in san mm-hmm. francisco okay who at the time was the president of the harvard medical school alumni association all right and she was running a meeting one day and saw all these incredible doctors sitting in front of her in really various stages of their careers some were still in full-time practice some might have an active license but had gone into industry and others were working part-time or had recently retired and recognized that there was this enormous amount of wealth of knowledge and expertise sitting in the room in front of her Uh and yet there was this growing and unmet need around the country with Uh. the uninsured and the medicaid population for exactly what was sitting there and the light bulb went off which was with the evolution of telehealth technology we could actually connect these two parties and bridge the gaps that historically were not connected due to geographic challenges mm. and basically mitigate the geographic challenges when you leverage telehealth with technology to connect these two parties so the idea came forth in 2012, and she socialized it and vetted it, and got a group of medical school alumni association leaders to, to validate the concept. And then in early 2015, I'm sorry, in late 2015, we started some pilots, which were kind of proof of concept.
0: Oh, okay. How did those first projects go? Because you know, yeah. I, you know, with experience, a lot of this yeah. you bring in a new concept to these clinics yep. who don't, you know, sometimes can't even get their head around it, yep. right? So how did those initial conversations go with that first project?
1: So. Um, This predates me, however, um, with the proof of concept, really what we were seeking to do is to ensure A, we could find a group of doctors that were willing and interested in volunteering their time and expertise, Mm -hmm. B, that we could find clinics that wanted and needed the doctors that were volunteering Mm their time, C, that we could find technology that would bridge the two parties and D, we could find some funding that would support getting this started. Mm-hmm. And So the answer to each one was yes, 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 yes. yes, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So we got
1: started and um, you know, with the successes of these pilots, we then reflected and took some lessons learned on, okay, now that we've sort of validated proof of concept, what model do we want to now sort of go to the market with mm-hmm. to scale? And that's where we got to our current service offerings, which include educational sessions. So our physician volunteers deliver live um, didactics that are really geared towards what a frontline primary care provider needs and wants to know about a topic. Mm -hmm. So it might be opioid management, depression in teenagers, the one-on-one of rheumatoid arthritis, the ABCs of EKGs, followed by question and answer by our clinic partners. Um, Mentoring, so we actually pair our physician volunteers on a one-on-one basis with a frontline primary care provider to really be an independent, confidential, non-judgmental source of support to help them guide through Like, how to manage day-to-day life as
0: a primary care provider. You're building, you know, a great point about that is you're building the capacity of those frontline providers, right? And so that's so valuable. Um, What are some of those lessons learned, right? What are some things that you, you know, some challenges that you faced that maybe you didn't see coming and you're like, you know, what are some biggest lessons learned?
1: Some of the biggest lessons learned. Well... So the third piece that we offer are these clinical consults where you can connect with our volunteers and ask questions about de-identified cases or general population health approaches to conditions. When I think about the lessons learned, I think one of the biggest lessons learned is really to make sure you know who you're, what an ideal clinic, an ideal partner looks like Uh, uh, to you. So um, we have really clear criteria now around what the characteristics of a an ideal clinic partner look like, so that it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm-hmm. Things like, um, obviously having a clear need for the services that we have is a baseline. Yep, but yep. then having stable leadership, having having engaged frontline primary care providers. Buy-in, right? Buy-in. Uh, for us, the minimum requirement is just strong Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, we don't need any other hardware, uh, so to speak. But um, in the absence of having stable leadership or engaged frontline staff you know any new initiative whether it's telehealth technology or anything else becomes right. a challenge to it right, right so those are some of the lessons that we've
0: learned so talk to me about some success stories right yeah. what's one one case or you don't know, yeah. go to specifics right one case yeah. or one project or one yeah. thing that has happened that you're yeah. like man we're yeah. doing good this is going well
1: so one one story while it's quite simplistic to me kind of sums up what what we're trying to do mm-hmm. and what we can achieve for a patient, a community. Uh, there was a family with a, an 11-year-old boy in uh, Miami uh, that seek care at a free clinic, and they uh, the child was in and out of the emergency room all the time for his asthma being exacerbated, mm-hmm. missed tons of days of school. You can imagine both for the child being sick, and then the family that then can't, you Enough. know, Go to work because the child is in the emergency room and also the financial burden that it takes on the family yep. um, and the transportation challenges, etc. So the child's pediatrician connected with one of our pulmonary doctors and they discussed it adjusting a couple of the medications. And that child has not been in the emergency room to this day, mm-hmm. has not missed a day of school. So sure, the parents are back at work and the lessons that have been learned. Through that consult, can also then be applied to all future patients that that pediatrician sees. Yep. But that's, you know, this sort was of a simple example, but to me, that's what sort this of sums up mm-hmm. the values that were. And to us, the value is to the patient, the value is to the family, the value is to the clinic and their provider, mm-hmm. and actually the value is to our volunteers who seek tremendous rewards mm-hmm. in, in, okay. in participating in these consults and providing. Ta- yeah, talk to me
0: person. about the volunteer as well. You know, it's, it, it, one, how do you get more volunteers? And two, what is some feedback from those initial physicians doing this? Because obviously they haven't done it. They didn't have much experience in telemedicine, right? Or did they?
1: No, I mean, I think it's an emerging field, and if you take mm-hmm. a group of volunteers where some of them are on the semi-retired or recently retired right, okay, sector, okay. It, it certainly wasn't part of mm-hmm. mainstream practice for them. I think for consults between a primary care provider in a clinic and one of our volunteers, when it's a live consult, and you can see the person and talk to them and read their facial expressions, and you can share a screen and you know, talk about something together, you know, it's pretty good mm-hmm. in, in terms of feeling like you're actually with them. But I tell people, the, to me, the biggest challenge with telehealth or video connection is actually you don't know how tall someone is. That's like the biggest challenge. <laughs> right. so beyond that, I do feel like I can you're develop there. a relationship yeah. and I can read body language and so it's quite intimate to be able right. to have a video connection.
0: And, and, and you made a good clarification there, right? Because your volunteers are working directly with the, it's peer-to-peer. It is. So
1: peer-to-peer. they're not seeing
0: patients, Correct. right? Um, yeah, um, so it's building build in that trust and they have common, yes, and again, yes. you give them some clinical pearls. Um, but yeah, so so you look at more physicians that are transitioning into retirement, or do you do, you know do you think it's good to kind of get those newer physicians coming out of the field so they get some experience with it as well?
1: So we add, uh, minimum requirement is that our physicians have been in clinical practice after training for five years. Oh, okay, so they have phys- to have some experience. Yeah, because they need to be able to have enough experience and cases in their sort of repertoire because uh-huh. they have seen this right, a million right, right, times right, right. and here's uh-huh. how it generally presents. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, for us, um, what this is um, providing, and I think what many medical institutions are looking for, is how do you provide um, opportunities that still enable physicians to flex those muscles they've built their whole career, but in a way that might be fundamentally a little bit different from practice, gives them a soft landing from practice. It's also pretty scary for many physicians to think about tapering a practice or retiring. Right, right, right. It's, right, how, right. You know, it's like, oh, like it's my ourselves. everyday thing.
0: And how my you know, so, yeah, you're right.
1: So the ability to actually do this in a way that is meaningful and flexible, you don't need to, you know, it, traditionally volunteer opportunities for, for physicians have been in person. So while the clinic two hours away really needs you in order to volunteer a half a day, it's two hour drive there, a half a shift, a yeah. half a day shift, two hour drive home. You know, that's an eight-hour commitment, whereas for us, if you want to volunteer four hours on that day, you flip yourself on, basically, Ooh. on the computer, and you're there, and you can be accessed by that clinic two hours That's great. Hours away. The convenience
0: of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really
1: flexible Strong for enough. our volunteers, and then also flexible for so the mm. clinic
0: To talk about numbers, how many concerts have you guys done t- today,
1: um, we to done. Date? That's a good question. Um, how many
0: partners do you have yeah to, yeah yeah. To, so
1: we currently represent um 80 clinic sites in eight states uh-huh. um and we're trying to go grow strategically and smart but um last year for example we were in three states um when we started the year mm-hmm. um our volunteers volunteer a a minimum of four hours a month and many volunteer many more. More hours than that, so there's yeah. quite a diversity in the number of volunteer hours. Okay. We're a volunteer for mm-hmm. specialty. There
0: you go. <laughs> and
1: um, and we're really um, in sort of an early growth with a new technology partner with BC. We're looking to really increase adoption of our service. Such
0: a great segue. That's where yeah. I was going, right? Oh, okay. So, yeah. so we're on the expo floor. There's hundreds yeah. of technologies yeah. here, right? Yeah. It uh, can make your head spin sometimes. Yeah. There are a lot of amazing technologies. Yeah. How did you come when you worn down this search, right, yeah. for who's going to be our technology partner? Obviously, um, how did you come and land on VC, and how much, big of a search was it?
1: Um, it was an extensive, really, extensive okay, extensive search, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of the telehealth platforms are designed um, for one of two things. One is uh, direct to consumer or direct to patients. Yeah. Um, and while, um, many of our live peer-to-peer consults are analogous, um, the systems aren't designed to enable those two parties to communicate as freely because oh. there there are some sort of limitations they put up given sure, sure, a patient sure. um, is reaching out to a doctor, mm-hmm. some of the bi-directional communication. Um, and then other platforms are designed to only be asynchronous. Right. So um, we were looking for something that was enabled that enabled a provider to provider model. Mm-hmm. That we're building out the asynchronous but also um is simple to use and you know vc and milton chen have designed their platform with the eye of how to keep this um what you need not anything extra and not anything doing
0: all the bells and whistles so so what's the future for the maven project where are we going where where we have you know we've had uh, uh, considerable growth we're expanding into different states uh you've adopted a a, a tremendous technology partner in vc uh what's the next five years for the maven project
1: so the next five years is smart expansion both in our current uh footprint you know increased penetrance in the states where we are and then increasing um you know the states that we're providing services ideally within five years we'd love to be in all 50s there you go okay (laughs) Um, but we want to do it in a way that's you know adopted at a high rate and um, and certainly growing our physician volunteer corps but it but in order to do both of those Um, really ensuring we have, um, sustainable funding is the key. So we're really heavily dependent on uh, grants and Mm -hmm. philanthropy to cover all of our operating costs.
0: And you're looking at a lot of federal grants or private grants or whatever you can get.
1: (laughs) Um, so currently we have, um, I would say our profile of funding is a little bit, uh, Grant from the private sector. Okay. Um, some family foundation and individual. Uh, you know, Great, terrific. And then, um, for some of our clinics that are able to contribute, we ask them to help contribute to the okay. operating costs mm-hmm. with a small fee, um, but that does not really cover the cost <laughs> of the, of the gotcha. services
0: so let me ask you this and we'll finish up with this you know how do you what are, what are some metrics or outcomes that you're measuring right yeah. because eventually you know you're doing this for uh, you know for this long what are some you know what are some things that you look at yep. as like yo this is successful this is working yep. um, what are the outcomes or metrics that you're, yep. you're, you're logging so we
1: um, you know are really focused on metrics um, we certainly look at utilization metrics as one base, baseline Important. but but then beyond Utilization metrics. We conduct surveys at the end of each of the consultations, educational sessions, the mentoring sessions. And some of the most compelling uh, impact data that we've seen is around, um, for example, 69% of the time, our primary care providers that use our services say that by consulting with a Maven Project volunteer, they actually chose not they they didn't need to send the patient to see an in-person specialist because the questions were answered. There
0: you go. Um,
1: 70% of the time, they say that information they obtain from a consult can be applied to future patients. So, for us, even one consult, that young boy who was 11, Mm -hmm. while we made a a huge difference in his life and his family's life. there are many more of those boys that come into that clinic that we are then able to help through Maybe. that one consult. One,
0: one impact, just having that support exactly. and peer learning. So those
1: are some of the impact. We collect a lot of other questions around, did the you know did the consult uh, affirm your care plan and to you know, reaffirm what, what you had in place, did it augment what you had in place, mm. those kind of things. We do find that some people use the service um, as a way of saying, this is the patient I really think needs to see a specialist, can I just double check with you? Nice. and you know many many times it is yes you're right, 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 right. Um, and then <laughs> the majority of our clinics use this as a way of saying help me figure out mm-hmm. how I optimize this patient's health can I oh, do wow. it here locally what are the things am I doing this everything I can or is there something else I can adjust mm-hmm. and if not let me know if this is a patient that really needs to be it really needs to go so it's
0: kind of that double checking like hey you know mm-hmm. just to yes. confirm absolutely because for these
1: patients access is so limited you might tell them uh, we have patients that are, you know, go see a urologist. It's a year wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you know, in these they, communities,
0: these free clinics are just, you know, they're, 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 they're grand central stations in a lot of times. They're so backed up. And a lot of these patients, even there may be specialists, but they're going, you know, they don't have the transportation to go exactly. two hours into town, hour into town. off so, offer work, childcare, mm-hmm. the cost of the All appointed. that stuff comes into effect. And then with effect. the
1: delay, a conditions escalate, exhaust. Yep. So yep. they end up in the yep. emergency room, in the mm-hmm. hospital. But also, there's a lot of worry that comes with, we worked with one clinic where there was a wait for I think nine to 12 months for patients to see a urologist and they were afraid of having, because their primary care provider saw a test that looked like they were worried about having bladder cancer. So here they are waiting, consulted with our urologist and the urologist said, you know what, these are the things I look at when they come to me. The majority of those patients that were waiting for an appointment, scared they had cancer, worried about the cost and everything, were suddenly taken off the list. No concern about cancer, no need for the appointment. We're able to save all that, including the stress for the the patient and the family.
0: Is there a certain specialty that you see kind of the biggest referral gap?
1: Um, I would say the specialties that we tend to see most, or most frequently requested include endocrinology, yeah. Uh, dermatology, cardiology, rheumatology, some psychiatry, neurology. Some of those are in greatest demand, although we represent 38 all, all clinical specialties that. right now. That's
0: yeah. amazing. You know, these type of tele, it's very close to me. Like, these kind of mission-based yeah. telehealth programs, humanitarian telehealth programs. I mean, they're just, they're really, that's one of the biggest benefits of telehealth, you know, and, and we need to shine more light on these type of not-for-profit efforts. So uh, I think of your time, Give uh, where can we Ooh. find the maybe Project? How can Great. we support See, you? Absolutely.
1: You can find us on mavenproject.org There you can also see we were featured on PBS NewsHour Mm. and there's a seven and a half minute segment on us there. Um, If you're a clinic and are interested in our services, you can inquire. If you're a physician interested in volunteering, you can inquire. And if you're interested in helping to support us through a, a donation, there are ways to do that as well. Okay, the
0: terrific. Well, I'll thank you, Mr. Levine, for joining me here at ATA. Enjoy the rest Great of the event. You. Thank you very much. It's thank a 10X you. Healthcare Podcast. Thank you.